This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 361. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. That's right, we are back with another summer series episode. I know back-to-back days and guess what? Two more still to go in this week. This is the zero week. So we're doing 1970, 1980, 1990 and the year 2000. This is the second episode of the week, so we're doing 1980 on this one, and like yesterday's episode, this one contains one of my mystery guest hosts. You'll find out who it is, and the movies we're discussing after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs, and like I say, we dropped our first summer series episode looking at 1970 yesterday. Please go and check that one out. Ton of fun to record, and you will get the results at the end of that episode and find out what's making the master list at the end. Today, we're doing 1980. Tomorrow, we're doing 1990. Thursday, we'll see our bonus episode, Movie Club, listener reviews of Warlock, the penultimate and the Steve Miner run that we're doing. So you have until tomorrow evening to get your reviews in for Warlock. And then Friday, you'll be getting 2000. And then this weekend, it is... Easy Breezy Street, no episodes coming your way over the weekend, so you can chill and relax. On the Teapots Collective, we've just dropped an episode of Where To Begin With, so go and check that one out. We covered Memento over there, and there are no further episodes scheduled for that feed this week. So there you are. You are all caught up, ladies and gents. On this episode, we're doing 1980 and we're taking two movies into battle. One of them being Cannibal Holocaust and it's going face-to-face with Altered States. The stakes have never been higher, ladies and gents. Only one of these movies can come through. You will find out what that one is at the end of the episode. So, with everything I have said now freshly in your mind, welcome to a summer series episode. Welcome to the podcast under the stairs, but most importantly, welcome to 1980. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people? Dead people coming back to life? People turning into weeds for Christ's sake? Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and tonight I'm going to sh- show you something. You are mine! You are mine! <laughs> Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by this simple act 
of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life eternal! As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. What do you want? By this simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's gone Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Ted, hey, Ted, where the hell is Arts Pro? God damn, motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. You stupid bitch, you fucking slut! Did you fuck with me? Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut off his legs. And his arm. And his head. I'm going to do the same to you. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So, this is your second episode of the first week of Summer Series. We have already listen to some well thought out arguments on Monday and we have selected a movie to go forward but what will be selected for the year 1980? A rough year if I'm honest. Now let me introduce you to one of my secret four. Now he will appear on the five episodes but not in the corresponding year. So he's not going to appear on 19... like... 85. That ain't gonna happen. He's gonna appear somewhere else, but we won't tell you where. Now, I'm saying this out loud because he may forget that, um, and this way I prompt him not to say anything that may incriminate him with a year that will drop <laughs> later on. See how I did that? I'm, sa- I'm saving everything. Um, joining me on this episode, representing the year 1980, is my good friend, Boz. How's it going, Boz? Hi, very well. I'm a couple of glasses of wine in, because I know that's how you like to roll, so I thought it's- I would... I, I love Join you. you. I love you. Do you have a tipple? Um, I do. I'm currently working my way through the last of a gin and tonic because I've changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know you what? can't drink Brewdog forever. Uh, you know what? I am fine with it. So um, and if people want to cast shade on me for drinking G and Ts, I don't care. Um, we are we're going to discuss like 1980 here, which. Um, a surprisingly interesting list of movies and we are going to get some straight up good old fashioned hardcore hate mail here with <laughs> both of our picks because I've forgone a lot of shit 
that was on that 80 list for my pick here and I am going to give you my justification and reason for it very, very shortly. Um, on the original recording for 1980, the two movies that went through and once again, kind of feels like a no-brainer was The Shining. You may have heard of that movie before, Buzz, believe it or not. Just slightly. That movie was selected for this year as one of the best horror movies. The other one was John Carpenter's The Fog, which the older I get, the more I think that movie's kind of fucking like, amazing. Um, even though it came with a lot of like baggage in that Carpenter himself it didn't turn exactly how he wanted it at the end because he had to go back and do a ton of reshoots and make it a bit more gnarly. But mm. uh, yeah, I love it. But the, the list of movies that we did cover for 1980 you know, has some of my like out and out favourite horror movies like ever made whether it's something <laughs> like Maniac um, or something like Dress to Kill a little bit of uh, De Palma in there to tickle your nipples or a little bit of you know Argento with his Inferno movie which I also love or The Changeling which tops the list regularly of best haunted house movies but that is not the direction that me and you went buddy not the direction at all like I've never seen someone come back as quick with a film pick like so definitively and so assured as you when I when I said we're doing 1980 you instantly came back and said well Cannibal Holocaust and yeah, I was like how, how, how is it not at the top already I don't get it yeah it's you were just... like Cannibal Holocaust and I was like oh I, I mean do you want to think about it for a second you were like no Cannibal Holocaust did I was like, cool, uh, let me sit down and, and take a look at what I can pick. And there was many options here. Ultimately, I went for a movie that didn't have a huge impact on that recording. The movie that I went for was um, Altered States, uh, directed by the late, great Ken Russell. Um, he of the Devil's fame. Which is a movie I genuinely think is fucking amazing and not enough people have actually seen it. You know, infamously has the... I think it's William Hurt's first film as well as Drew Barrymore's first film. So that's their kind of on-screen debut performance. Here's what I'm going to say. And this is what's going to make you happy right now because I teased something earlier on. Um, mm -hmm. I've put in Alter States here, right? I've put in Alter States because I, I want us both to discount it very quickly in favour of your selection. Uh, yes. Because as soon as you put Cannibal... <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust is the sort of movie I want to push, right? Whenever I get the opportunity. But if someone tells me they hate the movie, it is a movie that I cannot argue against. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it, you can't. Instantly. Mm. Like, I, I, like, I understand every argument for why someone does not like this movie. And it's not only that I understand the argument, on some level I can sympathise with it. That being said, if you give me the right crowd, the right individual, and I've got a chance of putting Holocaust through, I will always put Holocaust through. And the reason behind that is, well, well we might as well get into this right now. It's directed by Ruggiero Diodato, a guy who has an inconsistent filmic career. Uh, based on the screenplay by Gianfranco Celerci, I think that's how you pronounce it, probably isn't. Um, it stars Robert Kerman, Francesca Chiardi, uh, Perry Percanen, uh, Luca Barbarati, uh, Salvatore Basile, uh, Ricardo Someday, 
uh, and loads of other people that I won't pronounce, including a cameo by uh, Ruggiero Diodat himself. And the synopsis is during a rescue mission in the, into the Amazon rainforest, a professor stumbles across a lost film shot by a missing documentary crew. Now, there is tons of, I mean, there's so much trivia is actually head spinning. Um, and I could read out loads, but my but probably his biggest claim to fame is Diodato almost went to prison over this movie because he yep. <laughs> he had the cast sign themselves into a clause that said that after the movie was released, they would go into a period of hiding for I think it was up to a year, and it was pr- this movie. Was, was, hmm, yeah, it was. Don't make any other movies. I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As in, not, not as yeah. in you're off the grid in the witness protection mm. program. Just don't do anything <laughs> that someone's likely to see after this movie within a year that proves that you're still alive. Um, mm. But it was prosecuted under. Um, it was first prosecuted under the Video Nasties legislation in the UK for obvious reasons. But in its home country yeah. of Italy, this one was dragged across the coals for what they class as the the, the crime of obscenity. And uh, Diodato almost went to prison because people that watched this movie genuinely thought people involved with it died. Um, it's, like, it's a bit Al Capone, though, as well, yes. the way this went down, because yes. the, <laughs> the, the technicality that they got him on was just was really mean. Uh, well, what they did was mean, so I guess it's a fair cop. But anyway. Yeah, this is Italy in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, and they've already had to put up with a lot of shit um, <laughs> from filmmakers, and this one was the one that basically, this is a straw that broke the camel's back in a lot of respects. Um, so, like, ultimately, he was facing jail time and had to physically phone the actors out of, you know, their seclusion, uh, their filmic seclusion, to present themselves to get them off with it which to me is like one of the most fascinating bits of trivia ever in cinema uh, so committed yes. he was to the, the ethos of this particular production that he was quite far into his court case and looking like he was going to lose before he pulled the trigger on that which mm. is like a game of chicken you don't want to play like it's a needless <laughs> game of chicken with a legal system Um yeah, like, dude, like, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table and they'll let you talk about it as well. I've said many times before, Cannibal Holocaust to me is a hugely important movie. Like, like massively important movie. I think of the Italian cannibal movies, it's, it's the best. Um, yep. I mean, there are other ones that do things in a different direction or tackle messages that I think are a bit more interesting, but they don't do it in the way Cannibal Holocaust does. To this day, this movie blurs the lines of what is real and what isn't real in an incredibly inventive way that even high-definition Blu-ray struggles to parse out. The effects of, like, male genital mutilation, even in high-def, looks surprisingly real. Um, Mm. To the point that I'm like, this is, like, fucking... I know it's part editing, the part of the way it's shot and all the rest, but the quality is huge. This has maybe one of my favourite scores of an Italian movie of all time by the, the, the <laughs> great Riz Ortolioni. Um, it's, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Um, I love it. I actually know someone who walked in the aisle to the theme from Cannibal Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, mate, really? No, yeah, like, I, I, like our friend, I want to say our friend and acquaintance Andy Stewart did that. 
That's the most metal fucking thing I've ever heard. And by next time you speak to him, just confirm that that's right. But I'm sure that's what he said to me as he walked down oh, the aisle. Damn, I missed a trick because I, I could have walked down the aisle to the piano piece from Necromantic. I'm in that sure, case, I'm sure. I'm no one would have noticed. I'm sure it's either him or it's um, one of the guys from Gil and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast, which doesn't exist anymore. But it's either him or what? It was a Glasgow <laughs> podcaster, and that's what they did. And when they told me, I like I stood up and slow clapped. Yes, like, you have to. I was like, this is a moment we need to drink this in. Um, so or yeah. fall to your knees and just do the wine swirl. <laughs> I'm not worthy. We're not worthy, man. We're not worthy. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, it's, it's very cleverly shot. It's, it's smartly put together. It has a political message behind it and a, a kind of societal message, which, right, it's a bit on the nose, but fuck it, at least he tried. There are other movies, including Diodato's previous cannibal movie, uh, Eaten Alive, um, which doesn't have, which was made the year before, actually, not many of that in here at all. So at least he was trying to do something. It set the, the, the kind of benchmark so high that even someone like Umberto Lenzi, who outgrosses this movie quite a bit with Cannibal Ferox, didn't mm. release anything like on the same level so it, it has all those elements in there and yes I, I can see the argument against it being all the like animal death in here and i understand that i'm someone that like, i own animals and i am like i will slow down like if there's a hedgehog crossing the road i'm that guy i'll yeah. stop to allow it like I, I don't like anything happening to any animals yeah. and i even I even duck for pigeons on my motorcycle rather yeah, than like just you, nutting. You, know? like you, like, you just get that way. And I I understand this movie's full of it. It's still, surprisingly enough, in the UK, it's still cut by about 15 seconds. Um, mm -hmm. So we still don't have the uncut version. The, 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 the cuts are made to particular animal scenes. But if you watch a British cut of this, you still get plenty of it in there. It's, uncomfor it's uncomfortable to watch. The justification, it's not a great justification, but... All that animal violence in there is what tricks your brain into the human violence to think it's real. Yeah. And yeah. it works as a psychological mm -hmm. technique. It's fucking spot on. And yeah. I think... It's so, it's so inventive, so creative, forward-thinking, playing with ideas and concepts and psychology in a way that no movie really does. And it kind of puts a bow on this. There is no Italian cannibal movie after cannibal holocaust and that was a genre that was slowly climbing up until 1980 there's nothing that tops it after this and there's nothing before it that comes close it's the kind of pinnacle of it so yeah dude when you put this on your list i was like i'm going to pick another movie but it's not a movie that i'm going to speak hugely passionate about because if i have the chance to put holocaust through i don't want to be halfway through this conversation and talk you into dress to kill um, <laughs> Because Michael Caine is in Dragon, that movie. Um, I don't want to do that. Instead, what I want to do is recommit my love to Cannibal Holocaust. So, um, I ain't going to oppose you here. I think you picked a storm and blinder. Um, I do want you just to reaffirm why it was you selected said movie before we, we mosey on out. Well, as we've discussed in the past, like me, me and older films... There's only so many of them I saw back in the day with Impressionable. And, of course, I... <clears throat> I had a supplier, I had a friend, Video Nasties period. All this was seen on a copy of a copy of a copy on a VHS, mm -hmm. which with a film like this makes it seem even more real. Um, and I just couldn't believe what the fuck I was watching. I mean, it made me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And 
<laughs> the the films that have always done that to me are the ones that stay with me. Um, now, if you take something like I always bring it up, sorry, but something like a Serbian film makes me feel horrible, then I hate it afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's because of reasons we've discussed before. But with something like Cannibal Holocaust, it made me feel horrible because it did such a good job. Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to, and nothing, nothing broke my belief in what I was watching. Um, the fact they went to court for, you know, being a snuff movie, I could totally understand, uh, especially with film quality, you know, as it was in those days. Mm -hmm. um, the, but the thing that I have to love it for the most is the is the structure of the movie and the idea behind the movie of, it's a found footage movie. Is mm -hmm. it? I don't know if it's the first one. I think it's up there. Um, but that concept was just brilliant, and then retreading the steps, finding the footage, all that kind of stuff, um, and and just the. <laughs> the stuff you see along the way is it, it's it's another world it's supposed to be another world and it's supposed to be look at this savagery that exists kind of thing and, and but what I liked is it wasn't just look at the savages which is a word that you know is awful yeah. in, in oh. use um, but the, the fact that the kids go in there and they just find that they're a peace loving normal society and they have to make them look evil and become the monsters I, I, that that alone is is a good enough storyline so to add the other stuff in as well i think it just plays out brilliantly now the animal stuff i abhor if i do it i i'm a purist i've got the full uncut version but i will skip yeah. um because i've seen it i know the impact i could still watch the movie and get the same things from it without having to watch that again um now i know the justifications were well we just killed the animals that they were going to eat the you know the indigenous people were going to eat anyway yeah. so nothing was wasted and I'm a believer in if you kill something you eat it or mm. you you use the resources from it and whatever So, and, and I think the turtle they actually said they'd make money from it So, yeah. it, but all of that also can sound like a director trying to justify the terrible things he did in the past because back then you could get away with it so that aside um, performances, production the gore effects um, I still I I look at that the image of the woman on the on the stake. Oh yeah. And I, I I think I know how it works, but it still kind of defies gravity. How is she so still? Oh yeah, it's like, so well done. We have that infamous quote, and to this day, the Baz after seeing this movie, which I made him watch in his first year of watching horror movies, because I'm you bastard, absolute <laughs> evil prick, and it made him physically <laughs> ill. Um, mm. But to this day, he is convinced. He's like that. I'd like, unless you can show me proof, my my belief is that you know they 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 got a woman, a, a body, a cadaver somewhere, and stuck a pike <laughs> up her. And I'm like, that's yeah. clearly not what it is. And he's like, no, 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 like unless I can physically see some evidence, I, and it, even then, I probably won't believe it. So I get that. Yeah, it's such a good effect, man. It's so. It's good. amazing, and it's and they. It's not like it's a quick look and look away, is it? it mm -hmm. They linger on it, and the stillness there is incredible. There is a production shot on the special edition uh, set that I've got, and uh, she's up there, and she's leaning forward slightly, and you see the spike in her mouth is not at the same angle as the one on the floor. Yeah. So, like, I'll send him that if it makes him feel better, okay? <laughs> but, well, I've sent, um... sent him pages and pages <laughs> from the internet, and, he, you know, it's all lies, apparently, so... Oh, okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I just, yeah, that that effect alone has you. But uh, it, it's just, 
it, it's legendary for so many things that it's just unassailable. And yes, the animal cruelty is abhorrent, but it doesn't undo everything else that was done. Uh, the actors have said since that when they realized what they were doing to the animals, they refused to shoot anymore. And they mm -hmm. said, right, we won't do any more animal killings. Everything will be pre-killed, brought to set from a butcher or whatever. Whatever they had to say to the actors to get them to roll again. Again, could be just making up for the past. Uh, I'd like to choose to believe it. Um, so, yeah, just so much. And that score. It, it's just oh, the score it's so taking good, something so... And this, I, I mentioned necromantic because it's exactly the same thing. You take something beautiful mm -hmm. and put it with something absolutely horrific and it does something to to your inner soul. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of crushes it that bit more and it's so powerful. It's brilliant. Yeah, I th they do. They, it's just, it, and like across the board, it's a movie that plays with your, your psychology. And in like, mm. a way that movies just, like filmmakers just don't do. Um, it's, it's like it's hugely hugely fascinating massively influential I mean the list of people mm -hmm. that like claim Holocaust is a movie that they you know appreciate love or have influenced them is ridiculous and mm -hmm. yeah dude like there's no way absolutely no way um, giving this lineup, chatting to you right now with the option of getting this through that I'm not going to side with you on Cannibal Holocaust which now takes its seat at the top table of movies representing this year, 1980. So well played, my friend. I like no it worries. There's, there's one other fun fact, by the way, that I had to share. Do it. Because uh, I, I love this. Um, in Japan, huh? Cannibal Holocaust got its release at the same time as E.T. Oh, God. E.T. was number one in the charts. Cannibal Holocaust was number two. Of course e. the it was. <laughs> E.T. made $30 million. Um, Cannibal Holocaust made $21 million. I fucking love that fact. <laughs> That's one for the horror fans. That's why I love Japan. Like You just never know where you stand on any given day. Um, yeah. Things weird over there, buddy. Things are weird. Um, yeah, so we, we, are, we are resolute in our commitment to Cannibal Holocaust, taking the third spot for 1980, which means we have a lineup um, which has The Shining... The Fog and Cannibal Holocaust. That's a sexy night. It's a sexy night and it's a dirty sexy night, but regardless, it's still sexy. Um, now, we've already done this technically tonight, but because this is dropping before the other one, this allows you to do it again. Um, you're a busy guy. I've said this before, and whilst you may not be podcasting just now, you are involved in activities that I think are beneficial to people out there, which not only build community, but also like just like a bit of kind of self-encouragement and all a lot of positive things which i think you should promote right now my friend so let people know what it is you're actually up to and how they can get involved well thank you it, it is still media production because i'm running the social media side of things so TikTok and youtube and all that so i'm i'm, mm -hmm. I'm making more videos than podcasts but it is for silversabers.com uh, silver-sabers.com sorry get it right and uh, we are a LED Saber Combat Academy, but we, we teach people how to fight with lightsabers, but it's based on traditional Tai Chi and traditional longsword techniques. So it is all, uh, <clears throat> what we're teaching you is historically legitimate. We're just putting a glowy stick in your hand to do it. But you're right, what it does is it gives opportunity for people who, um, like people who feel like they're crushingly nerdy and socially awkward, can, they come to us, we put a sword in their hand, and before they know it, 
they're at Comic-Con in front of 500 people mm -hmm. dressed up in a costume, spinning around and hitting somebody with a sword. And what I see this do for people in their own self-confidence is incredible. The other thing is because of the Tai Chi roots um, and the the healing side of that that comes with it naturally, we're helping people with joint problems, posture problems, fitness. Like it's it's very holistic in that respect. So I'm now teaching that as well. I teach on a Wednesday night in Biggleswade. If you're anywhere near Beverage, hook me up. Um, and yeah, several other days during the week, plus all the online stuff. It's a very busy heads. I don't have time to be a podcaster other than when Duncan lets me come onto the podcast under the stairs and lower the tone of everything <clears throat> <laughs> i wouldn't have it any other way my friend i would not have it any other way and i look forward to bringing you back on to lower again lovely right. fest is coming it is man you will be my you'll are be you my... coming this year I can know. i get you down to london I, I mean no like i have no time for anything at the moment it's like right like fright fest needs to change its time away from summer series <laughs> for me so i have time to do other things although i yeah. am i've been i have been saying it for a while there is a very good chance that you get me down there next year um oh maybe not for the full festival as a whole but maybe for like the weekend or something i am tempted and i'm currently uh, uh trying to convince the lads uh, from the glasgow one uh, that it might be something oh. worthwhile so oh it's, it's amazing honestly like it's gotta be done I agree. Uh, I think I think it's one of those things that need to be ticked off the bucket list for good. Mm. Um, right. Uh, we are going to jump out right now, ladies and gents. When I come back, I'm recontextualizing where we are. The second recording. In, um, and we'll find out what's coming up tomorrow. We'll be doing that right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 361, the second of our zero episodes in summer series, looking at 1980. And yeah, the big old fashioned loving with myself and Boz unanimously agreeing, even though I put all our states through. Which, by the way, I just want to stress, like in hindsight, listening back to my kind of callous dismissal of all our states, it's a fucking excellent movie. It really, 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 really is. But I'm kind of giddy now that I have cannibal holocaust at the big table and i know some people are not going to be happy about that but uh what we're going to do um so yeah that's the movie moving forward representing 1988 will sit alongside john carpenter's the fog and the shining as the three movies going forward for 1980 now like yesterday on the facebook group page facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast i put up a poll this morning and said Listeners out there, what would you choose? Would you have Cannibal Holocaust or would you have Altered States? The results are 53% of you said Cannibal Holocaust, 47% of you said Altered States. So the listeners still on board with the host picks. I'm liking it. I want to know exactly the point that we diverge seriously. But at the moment, I'm sensing that maybe the will of the people won out. Or maybe you're just kind of hedging your bets. I don't know. I can never tell with you guys. Fuckery maybe a foot. So yeah, that's your 1980 episode. Huge thanks to Boz, who'll be coming back in one of the five episodes in a couple of weeks' time. There is 
a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe. And that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content do not stop there though. I want you to subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapot's Collective. Over there you get shows like Where To Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing The Nasty and Chronicle as well. Subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what we do under the stairs. Alternatively, if you just want to go to one place online and find everything I do, then that would be tputzcast.com. Links to everything are there, as well as a link to Jaws' Shite and other regrettable outbursts. A booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. It is a ton of fun to record, and we will be coming back real fucking soon to keep the boozy entertainment a-rolling. Jaws of Shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on teapotscast.com. If you are on Facebook and you want to get involved with, I don't know, polls to guess things for summer series, interact by asking questions, or just post what horror movies you're watching, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast is the best way to do it. For the Teapots Collective, which is purely just a Facebook page, is facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. And if you want to post ridiculous articles or read ridiculous content, you can do that on the Jaws of Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod. For those that hate Facebook and want to interact in a medium which restricts how many characters you can use or makes you post a picture, you can get in touch with us on the twin prongs of social media sexness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at teapotscast. The podcast Under the Stairs will return tomorrow for our penultimate summer series episode this week, looking at 1990. Oh, that's right, ladies and gents. I hope you're ready for some 1990 action. And on top of that, I can let you know that the two movies we'll be discussing are like stone cold bangers. We have The Exorcist 3 Legion and we have it facing off against Tremors. Will the wrongs of the 90 episode be righted? Is that the right word? Let's just say that. Will, will, will Tremors finally get his day in court? It wasn't on the original run and uh, I took a lot of shit for that. So we'll see if it wins out against the pure horror and arguably the best jump scare in horror cinema history as it goes off against The Exorcist 3. A secret host shall join me on that episode and all will be revealed in the fullness of time. That's coming tomorrow on the 1990 episode. So all that's left for me to say is wherever you are, ladies and gents, whatever you're up to and whatever the time zone is in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. 